welcome to Broadcast His Love. I am so excited about today. Well, really, I'm humbled about today because it's a big message that we're going to hear today. It'll go right to the heart. And to be completely honest with you, before this interview, I wept like a little baby because the subject we're talking about just really hits home in so many ways, not only with me, but with my friends. And I just think about my friends who have struggled with this. We're talking about eating disorders, you guys. Okay, get it together, Ricky. I'm about to start crying right now. Okay, Dr. Stephanie Reinald, she's a board-certified psychiatrist. She specializes in eating disorders. She's a food and body coach. She has a podcast called It's Not About the Food. And she's the author of the book, Let Your Heart Out. And you guys, don't be fooled. Dr. Stephanie Reinald, like with this huge title, she like gives all the glory to God. And so we have her on because we want to know what God has been doing in her heart so we can be our best in like our best healthy self for Jesus. So, hey, Dr. Stephanie, how's it going? Hello. Thank you so much for that warm and very honoring welcome. I'm so happy you're here. You have no idea. And so the people who are listening to this are tuned in um, because we want to be healthy. We want to look in the mirror and be like, thank you, Lord. (laughs) Thank Mm -hmm. you, Jesus. And so um, you are really about that. And just to really kick it off, tell us what you're all about, how you got started in this and how you're specializing in eating disorders. Well, thank you. So, I mean, what I am about is just women really ditching the details of their life and really reconnecting with the heart and soul of who they are, who God has called them to be and to rise up to that calling. And I really got started, honestly, after probably in the online space, I became public because after I had my first daughter, who is now seven and a half years old, um, it was honestly a lot of details of my life. It wasn't just food and body image, although I'll, I will share how I really honed in on that piece because I think it became very clear to me after a very short period of time that, you know, all these details of life. And when I talk about details of life, I mean like the Pinterest worthy home and the perfect birthday parties for your children and being the sexy wife for your husband and all of these things that I had slowly over the course of my life layered on top of my faith. And I never thought that I was like a works oriented Christian. I really thought I was a very grace and like grace wins and Christ is enough. And yet slowly and subtly over my life, I realized well, grace is enough and I need to go on a diet. Grace is Mm -hmm. enough and I need to have a perfectly clean home all the time. Grace is enough and I need to never yell at my husband. Grace is enough and, and I realized these were all details of life that were really holding me back. I mean, holding my spiritual life back because I would quite literally and tangibly, I would spend more time cleaning my home than I would in quiet time or prayer with God. And I slowly whittled away, you know, unfortunately, um, it wasn't even food and body image that I wanted to face first. It was these other details of my life. I was like, okay, I don't need to have a perfectly clean home. That was kind of the first idol, like I gave up. Then it became some issues in my marriage that started coming up. And I realized all of these different things, although seemingly not related, all really had to do with how I saw myself. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure we can all relate, but it would start with waking up in the morning, jumping on the scale after I use the bathroom and it would predict the trajectory of my day. How many hours a day I would think about food and my body. And, you know, I'm postpartum. I just had my first baby and I'm 
thinking the lies that the universe tells us that in order to be healthy, we have to quote unquote bounce back and get our pre-baby body back. And, you know, I start to believe that it's not only to be healthy, but it's to be a good person. And it's not only to be a good person, but it's to be a good Christian. And all of these really subtle messages I started to unravel for myself because I couldn't keep up. I, I was working full time. I was very, I was, I was actually still in my training at the time. So I was really miserable working a lot of hours. I was far away from my home, far away from my family. I didn't have a lot of close friends at the time. We didn't have a great church we went to. I mean, for many, many, many reasons, it was the most difficult year of my life. Um, I say that in the year 2020, although 2020 is, is a high competitor to that. I will too. Um, but it was all of these things. And I just started to see that, there were so many lies that we women are being told without us realizing it. Mm -hmm. And so I started to kind of do my own research and I read hundreds of different books about women finding peace with food and, you know, all these different, um, these different authors and really great reads. However, none of them, at least at the time, now there's a bit more options, but at that time, none of them talked about God in all Mm -hmm. of this. And I was like, you know, this has shown me, you know, this being healing my relationship with food and my body. Cause you know, remote past, this didn't just start after I had my first baby. This really started when I was 13 years old and I went on my first diet that really transformed into full-blown bulimia for several years of my life. And then even after that chronic dieting, you know, dysfunctional relationship with exercise that, you know, now I have healed from and recovered. And I accredit all of that to God's grace. And yes. if anything, this whole journey has just taught me more about grace, you know, grace, like grace is enough and that Jesus is enough and that I doesn't need to be grace and a diet, you know? And I, and so I just, I was like, Hey, maybe people want this information. And I started just kind of personally talking about it a bit more. And it was interesting because my book, let your heart out was kind of my first entree. And, um, that is actually not specifically about food and body. There's actually one chapter, chapter 13 called, it's not about the food of my book. And I just realized that every single podcast episode I had done every single, because my podcast actually began with a different title, a different niche. Um, It was kind of more aligned with my book, let your heart out that it was kind of more broad maternal mental health kind of women. Like, what are we doing to ourselves? Like we're just running and grinding and we're miserable. And this isn't how God called us to be really. Right. And then I just, I just realized though, every single time I talked about food and body, everyone was like, Whoa, I so connect. I so get it. This is just what I needed to hear. So I was like, you know what? We're just going to run with that because this is what people really need to hear. Cause this is like the tip of the iceberg, like the biggest piece that people need to overcome if we're even going to start to unravel other areas of our lives. So that's kind of in a nutshell how I came to be here. I love it. I love it because your message is like, you are enough. God made you. Like he made you in his image. You are beautiful. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And I love that you put it, like God put it on your heart you know that there is a message and you're a doctor, like you specialize in this. Okay. And you've worked with, I don't know, thousands of people. I just listened to your podcast. We just met, Mm -hmm. but um, I'll tell you what, like you are sold out for being like, you guys like look at yourself as 
fearfully and wonderfully made. Don't look at yourself as what you see on Instagram. And another thing that I love that you do is that you're like, don't look at yourself and compare yourself to another person's body. And I mean, you're talking mm -hmm. about being 13. I mean, think about the 13 year old who's on Instagram right now looking like Jesus, please invade their headspace and tell them who they mm -hmm. are, you know? And then you're talking about the woman who had just had a baby. Like God has put you in such a special place. Dr. Stephanie Reinald, like I'm so thankful for you because your message has really had a positive impact on my life. I love your podcast and I'm just diving in. I love this. Um, something that I think is really cool. You're talking to us from Texas, Austin, Texas. And, you know, we're here in Pensacola, Florida. And my husband sent me a podcast from the village church, uh, with Matt Chandler. He's the pastor there, a really popular author, but, and we've had the scripture shared on the podcast before, but I really want to get your thoughts on it. Allie Hill is the one who first shared it, but, um, Philippians chapter three, we're starting in 17 and we're going to read to 21. This is the scripture that was shared in that service that I guess it was a sermon that I was listening to through a podcast. And I want to know your thoughts on it because in the scripture, we're going to talk about lowly bodies, lowly meaning humble bodies. And we're also going to talk about, um, you know, not looking to earthly things. Like we're talking about Instagram, you know, and then the other thing here is talk, they said something about the stomach. Yeah. A God is our stomach. Okay, here we go. Listen in. Here we go. Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, and just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For as I have often told you before, and now I tell you again, even with tears, as many live as enemies of the cross of Christ, their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things, but our citizenship, oh, hear this, our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that we will be like his glorious body, and I literally just want to know your thoughts on that. What do you think? Well, a huge disclaimer. I am definitely not a prophet. I am not a pastor teacher oh, yeah. by any means. I'm not a biblical scholar, you know, but You're I, cool I think You're a cool chick. <laughs> you love Jesus. I am okay. just, I just love Jesus. You know, I, I try my best every day, but um, obviously I'm a flawed person for sure. Yes. But I do think, I do think that there are probably two, maybe three kind of big points that I, I want to hammer home, you know, because I feel like the message, unfortunately, because we are dripping in diet culture, meaning a culture that is so overly obsessed on what we look like and not just on what we look like, but on even being healthy, you know, that Christ never has commanded us to even be healthy. I mean, we have to kind of be clear with that. Like, okay, okay. You know, and so I think this is where a lot of different verses in the Bible, not even just this verse, but a lot of different verses in the Bible can kind of get really misconstrued. But okay. I want to remind people that anything in your life can be an idol, right? Mm -hmm. And an idol really is just an over fixation on something that is not of God. And I truly, 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 truly believe that diets 
are not of God. Now, does that mean that every person that ever goes on a diet is sinning? Now, I'm definitely not going to say that. I cannot go say that. But I do think that a man-made system that really truly has one sole focus of shrinking your body and keeping you preoccupied on food is not of God. Okay. And I want you you know, to listen to that, like with some humility and take some own discernment. Cause again, maybe you have your own reasons for, for dieting, you know, but in my experience, both professionally, personally, it is a slippery slope to making food an idol. And I feel like that's kind of what Paul is talking about that for a lot of people, you know, in the verse you're saying like their God is their stomach, like their God, like your God, little G idol God can become what you look like and what you're eating. And there becomes this whole notion that there is a such thing as righteous eating. Well, let me tell you in the psychiatric world, we call that orthorexia nervosa, which is an over preoccupation with perfect eating essentially. And it's almost a a real diagnosis, but it's a a clinical categorization of symptoms for a lot of professionals in this space. And there is a lot of destruction that comes from that kind of eating really this orthorexic idea that there is a perfect way to eat that i must eat perfectly in order to look a certain way and it's always interesting to me that jesus christ himself was not described as this big buff burly perfect looking man you know he wasn't described as the bodybuilder on stage you know with with no acne or like perfect skin or you know he was described as a common man you know, even I can't remember the exact verse off the top of my head, but as someone that you wouldn't even probably tell from the crowd. And I I think that that's a really good reminder for us. Like we don't need to be Susie Q trophy wife. You know, we don't need, like that doesn't even need to be like a desire. And I think it's unfortunate that this mindset has infiltrated spiritual communities where we need to be striving for that and that we need to glorify that. And I think the glorification of bodies is har- is harmful and is is a God in and of itself. Um, so I think it's just a really big slippery slope. And I think if we're all honest with ourselves, if we're truly seeking first his kingdom, striving to walk with the Holy Spirit every day, I think natural byproducts are going to be like taking care of yourself. And, you know, discipline is a fruit of the spirit. And I think that that will naturally come, but you don't have to force it by following man-made systems and rules and regulations of diet culture because it never makes you feel better. I think if you're really honest with yourself, being on a diet, it never gives you what you think you want, which is that little bit of anxiety relief or that little bit of confidence you're seeking. Those things are only found in Christ and only found with wisdom and walking with him. Like those things are not found in a size zero, size two body. It just doesn't happen. Talk to me about, yes, being in a size zero, size two body. And like, you're super, when I see you, like I see you on Instagram and stuff, like you're healthy. You're, I mean, I want to use the word skinny here for lack of a better term, but like you're healthy or I don't even know how to talk right now. (laughs) What is it? (laughs) Like you're I'm average. I am in an average body. Yeah. I, um, and I think that some of that is, you know, 
just my genetic predisposition. You know, I think that goes into a lot of weight science and understanding that we all have a different genetic makeup and we aren't all created in the exact same body, you know? Right. And that goes back to the body of Christ and the body of Christ is diverse. Like we're not intended to all look the same. And so this idea that we all even need to be striving for the exact same body type and structure and this muscular 0% body fat in a woman is is not even actually how god created the female body you know and that's not to say there are some people that are created in larger bodies and that that's the breadth of diversity in body structure like there right. you know i i think even this idea that healthy looks a certain way is unfortunate cuz i don't think that that's true Um, you know, and I find it also interesting. Sometimes people get very over-consumed with verses in the Bible, but I also, in terms of this conversation, I want you to think about what's not in the Bible, because if God gave us a complete canon of scripture that he said, Hey, this is your guidebook. This is all we're given on this planet earth to live by is his word. So this is really it y'all, you know, other than the power of the Holy spirit and prayer, this is kind of it for us he doesn't ever give us a diet in there. He doesn't ever tell us like, if anything in the new Testament, he said, all foods are clean. Like all foods are fine to eat. You know, there's no rules. And also I don't hear him a whole lot talking about people's bodies, you know, not positively or negatively, which tells me that he doesn't really care. Right, right. <laughs> he doesn't actually really care what we look like. And it's really interesting. There was actually a study done because the, even the bathroom mirror, you know, the scale, the bathroom scale that we all are tormented by, that right. is a whole other discussion. Um, yes. because and that's I do want to ask you about that. Sorry. I do yeah. want to ask you about the scale in a minute, but keep going with the mirror. Yeah. Well, similar, similar timeframes actually that mirrors in homes even became a thing. I mean, it used to be, can you even imagine a world where you don't have mirrors? No. And that didn't even come to be until actually, I don't know the exact date, so don't quote me, but I think it was like the late 1800s. It was very late, I would say, in our kind of world's history. (laughs) You know, this is a very recent thing. And it was interesting because they did a study where they looked at journals from adolescent girls back from the turn of the century, like around the 1900s. I can't remember the exact date. Um, And in the 2000s, okay? And it stands to reason, obviously, the things that girls used to talk about, and this was in an era, again, keep in mind, there were no scales in homes and mirrors were still relatively uncommon. And most girls would journal and write about their character, being mm. a good person, being good to people, yes. having good relationships with their parents. Yes. You know, obviously things that we're all trying to teach our children. Well, in the most recent decades. I'll give you guys one guess what girls, adolescent girls wrote about. It was their body size. Mm. It was their weight. It was Mm -hmm. diets. And I blame so much of the enemy infiltrating our culture through things like mirrors that tell us we must define ourselves by what we look like, scales that tell us a number is, you know, who we are as a person and, you know, all of these subtle things that gave rise to a much larger culture at play where diet culture is now an $80 billion industry, you know, telling us to, to quote unquote, be healthy. And in order to be healthy, we must shrink our bodies and it keeps us small. It keeps us small in the body of Christ. And I think Mm. that's why I think it's from the enemy because never once have I ever said, I have accomplished so many great spiritual things when I'm on a diet. 
No, you're on a diet. You're right. over preoccupied with food. You're right. cranky with your loved ones. Mm-hmm. You have no energy. You're not it's your sleeping God. well. Yeah. It, it becomes your God. You start judging more people. Oh my goodness. Is, yes. Preach. Right. Preach. You, you yes. just, it's such a slippery slope to a lot of spiritual destruction in a woman's life. And this is why I think it's ultimately from the enemy, because if it was ultimately from God, then we would be more, I don't know what the right word is, but like illuminated. We, you know, we'd have more, um, spiritual advancement in our life, yes. but we don't diets keep us small and spiritually stuck. So there's no way that is from God. And it's so ingrained in our brains. Like, whoa, whoa. when you were saying all those things, I'm like, I feel those ways. I feel those ways. Like, okay, I'm going to share with you an intense story, but I'm going to try not to use names with it because I didn't get permission to use it. But, um, so I'm just going to make it very broad, but here we go. So there's this girl, I want to call her a man, but now I've already called her a girl. So, you know, she's a girl. Okay. She was on this TV platform and she was really thin. And I told her one day, she's a, she's a public figure. Okay. So people wouldn't know who this person is, but I told her one day, and this really happened. I'm like, you are so skinny. You looked so good. Okay. I was like, I want to be like her. And she says to me, oh my gosh, I'm going to try not to cry because I'm like, "Mm, this is like every woman I feel like. She says to me, you wouldn't believe what I didn't eat to look like that. And I'm just like, no, 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 no. Like what I didn't eat to look like that. This is someone who I don't want to say idolized, but I definitely looked up to. Okay. And she says to me, you wouldn't believe what I didn't eat to look like that. And in our culture, like we are supposed to delight in the Lord. We are supposed to enjoy life. Like he has wonderful promises for us. But when she said that, I just want whoever's listening to this to know that you were made for more than a diet. Like Dr. Stephanie Reinald, I, how have you impacted people with a message of hope? Cause I know that you have talked to people who have, had eating disorders and are in places that we can't even, some of us, not all, but some of us can't even imagine. So what is your message of hope to them? Um, just as you're, as you're mentoring them through this process. You know, I could go down the rabbit holes of why we don't need to define health by our body size, you know, why that's not even an indicator of being a good spiritual Christian. But I think those things are somewhat more intuitive, but I will share something that I shared, you know, several months ago, actually, someone reached out to me on Instagram and was sharing kind of their story, which is the common story that from a young age, their body started changing, usually a little around puberty or usually because of a doctor, a loved one, parent, someone told them to go on a diet, et cetera. Okay. And we all know the story. They end up either with a severe eating disorder or with yo-yo dieting or with very dysfunctional relationship with food in their body for decades to come slowly they start to wake up and realize they don't want to live this way anymore. Like they just, they, they don't think that this is living where you're constantly gaining and losing and gaining and losing and miserable and, you know, trying to find this and searching for this. And usually people just get exhausted because you know what, that's what the enemy does. He wears you out. So this was a common story. This is millions of women's story. Okay. And she says at the end, and she's just like, but I can't get over this desire to be beautiful to my husband. Mm. And 
And I was like, well, that's really interesting. I mean, obviously there's some other issues at play. And these are issues I've gone through in my own marriage that I've had to sort of face a lot of different issues around this exact thing. Like, why is it that we are wanting to be trophies to our husband? You know, this isn't just about being beautiful. This is like, we're trying to be a trophy. And that's that's a whole other discussion, but I get her, you know, I get her. And if that's you, if that's like this strong desire to just be beautiful, this is a word I have for you. What if your beauty really has nothing to do with your outward appearance? And I told her this and I said, what if you can give up this desire to be beautiful? Jesus never called us to even be beautiful. And that word is such a subjective word that it also is going to breed a lot of enemy influence into how we even define what that means for us. Why not first seek his kingdom? That's like all we're called to do. Let the rest fall where they may, you know, and, and believe and trust that your husband, if he is a God fearing man, he's going to do the same thing. And things yes. will work themselves out. You know, it's amazing that time after time we do studies of what men find attractive. And almost always those studies reveal that men find confidence more attractive than any physical characteristic or quality. And it's amazing that confidence can be found in Christ every single day that we seek first his name. Yes. And we forget that. We forget that like our, actually our beauty doesn't even come from any one feature or any conglomeration of features on a female body, although God did make the female body a beautiful body, but it doesn't even come from that. It comes from our confidence. And so what if we could just surrender even this striving to, to be a certain thing? You know, like what, what if we don't even need to quote unquote, be healthy or be working to like, that's just works. And I'm here to tell you like grace is enough. Like we don't need to be like trying to follow all these extra regulations and restrictions. If we are walking with the Holy spirit, he will convict us. If we need to be convicted that you leave it in God's hands and we surrender. Oh, it's such a relationship with Jesus thing. Like that's what I've learned from this talk is like, you're um, idea of health and wellness is something between you and the Lord, right? Yes. Yes. And then what about the aspect of like, when do I need someone? I mean, like you would be, if I have like a really terrible problem, I'm out of control, but like, when do I need, let's just call it like this, a personal trainer, like, um, Mm. somebody who helps us with like what we eat, when we eat it. I don't know. Is that a weird question to ask? Like, I want to be best for my body shape, you know, and sometimes I need help or maybe somebody else out there, they need help with like that process. I know you're a coach too. So how do we go about that? (laughs) I don't even know. I just need your help. (laughs) Sure. I mean, God didn't create us to be alone. And I think he gives us all different gifts and talents and intellectual level in certain areas. And, you know, my talent and gifts he happened to bestow upon me is of the mind. And so I'm a thoughts, feelings, emotions person. And so if it really is that emotional eating piece or like the thoughts around stuff or your limiting beliefs, like I'm kind of your girl or any mental health professional. Now, if this is, you know, if this is truly like, Hey, you just really want to get into a better like workout routine. Hey, COVID is like kind of done a number on all of us. Like our habits are off. Like our, you know, our schedules are off. Like it's, it's hard. I I don't fault you. Um, 
I, I'm not going to say like, it's wrong to like invest in those people, like, you know, being a dietitian or a personal okay. trainer or um, people like that. But I think keep in mind that this is still all operating on a system that at the end of the day is really working toward not necessarily health, but shrinking your body, which okay. may not actually be what you need or want. Okay. And so, you know, I always caution people when you are seeking out like a health coach or a personal trainer or someone like that to just do your research, have a really honest conversation with them in your first meeting to be, you know, if you are somebody that has had a history of an eating disorder, to be very honest and forthcoming about that. You know, if you're someone that's very triggered by numbers, like I don't recommend you count calories or you count points or macros or whatever. Like I, I really think things like the scale are not helpful in terms of actually evaluating our real health. Boom. You know, being able to evaluate things like your energy level, how well, how well are you sleeping? How stable is your mood? Um, are you eating regular meals throughout the day? Like those kinds of things are better gauges on your overall health level than how many pounds I've lost this week. Because right. just like that example you gave, you can be in a thin body and be very miserable and unhappy and not healthy. You know, there is no guarantee that your health will improve if the number on the scale goes down. In fact, I often see the very opposite. Okay. And so that's sort of my caution to not that it's wrong or bad by any means. And there is definitely a time or place for personal trainers and that, you know, group of people, but to just be, to be vigilant, you know, that we live in the enemy's world and the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. And he mm. will do anything to make us feel small. Even if that is through a personal trainer, literally trying to shrink our body. Oh and girl, to- <laughs> this is good. Even you if know? it makes us small. Oh, preach. Keep going. I'm sorry, but that we needed to take a time yes. out for you to say that the enemy can make us feel small. Oh, yes. okay. Keep going. Sorry. Yes. And so just keep that in mind. I mean, the enemy prowls on this planet. Like we do not, we live in a fallen world. That is obvious. Mm. We do, this is not where we end up. This is not our heaven. We won't make it heaven. There is no way to do that, but through God, when he hopefully comes one day to reign again. Yes. Um, yes. This is not where we end. This is not our fight right now. This is his fight. But keep in mind that that also means rising above the world sometimes. Like we don't have to fall in line to what everybody on your block is doing, you know? And I I think this is, I'm going to go on a little bit of a soapbox because this is a really, this is really on my heart recently when I've seen a lot of weight loss campaigns that happen in churches or different little boot camp things that go on in churches. And I think that that is so sad because okay. if the if the church, if the body of the Christ is supposed to rise above the world, we are not supposed to mold to the world. We are supposed to be transformed from the world. Yes. Why are we starting to look like the world? Why are churches starting to look like the rest of the world? Preach. The rest of the world tells you to lose weight, to constantly be striving to lose weight, to constantly be striving to be healthier. And then we make health a God in our life. And then that infiltrates churches. and no shame, no judgment. Like we are all, again, we all live in a fallen world, even churches. Like we all are a part of this system, unfortunately. And we believers, we're not immune to this. 
But this is where seeking discernment, seeking first his kingdom so that we can abide by God every day. And that is like a daily humbling sanctification experience. Like it's not, it's not easy. It takes time, like time and time again, every single day, multiple times a day, sometimes to like realign our values. Like, is this the world or is this of God? Yes. And I think that's an easy question to kind of gauge perhaps like, you know, say for example, I'm just sitting on my couch and feeling like a little lethargic and I'm like, you know, I usually give people, and this is something I talk about in my book, even the method that I kind of offer people is, you know, walking you through in each given moment, how to take action to like feel better and to kind of, for lack of better, I don't really like this kind of terminology for, but for lack of better words to like regain power in that moment. And again, it's not our power, it's God's power, but you know, this is the the biggest problem I see. Okay. So I'll give you this example because it's obviously super common example. We step on the scale. It's not a number we like. We're kind of in a bad mood. We feel a little lethargic. Maybe our pants are tight that day. (laughs) We just, you know, we just don't feel too great. You know, we didn't get ourselves fixed up that day. Like maybe our kids are screaming. And so what do we all do? We all think about our body. (laughs) We cry, we cry, we think, but we very easily project to our body. We very easily, we don't want to project to our kids because we love our kids, right? We don't want to take it out on our husband. We don't want to blame anything else in the world because we're taught to be these people pleasers, you know? So what we do instead is we're like, okay, well, if I just do this new diet plan or this new fitness plan, then everything is going to feel better because I just, I just need to lose weight and then everything will feel better. And And then it'll all work out. I have been there. I have been there. This is why I can speak. And I've helped thousands of people in this process. So I know this is a real life example. Okay. But this is the biggest problem I see. Okay. So we go down, we go down this whole entire road where now we've planned the next like three months of our lives. We've invested, you know, hundreds of dollars in a new workout plan. We've bought the latest book. We've meal prepped for the week. And we're like, yes, we got it. We're going to like change everything. And I'm going to lose 20 pounds in a month. It's going to be amazing. I'm going to feel great. That's what we do. And guess what? It fails every single time it fails. Now, how long it lasts could be different. Maybe this time it lasted you like three months or maybe three years, but research shows within three to five years, over 98% of people will regain weight loss in an intentional weight loss effort. Okay. So understanding that, that let's rewind the whole rhetoric and actually ask yourself. And again, this is kind of a strategy I walk through in my book in different areas of your life, not just with food and body, but think about it. What if in that given moment, that given day, you're not planning three months, six months into the future, you're not, you know, going to decide your entire entire career trajectory based on how you're feeling. What if you just asked yourself, what do I really need? Maybe this actually could be solved with a walk outside for 30 minutes. Yes. Listening to a good podcast with going to your closet and shutting the door for 10 minutes. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you just need to put on a swanky dress and like put on some red lipstick and dance your heart out for 10 minutes. Like go for it, girl. So there are so many ways that we can actually change our psyche rather quickly that has nothing to do with, I'm going to now spend hundreds of dollars and go on this whole new like weight loss protocol plan for myself that may or may not actually work, number one. Right. And two, if anything, 
spiritually demise myself. <laughs> like there is no guarantee that a diet is going to improve your spiritual health. And if you want to get serious about your spiritual maturity in the world, I think you have to be serious about that relationship with your body. And if it's dysfunctional, you need to be looking for more spiritual solutions, you know? And that's, it, it's a subtle process. You know, it's not just overnight. Okay. I'm never going to go on a diet again. I'm not saying that it's not a black and white thing, but this but as you said, Ricky, it's between you and God. Like this is you and the Holy Spirit. And like I said, so maybe that does mean you're changing some health habits in your home, but also what would make you feel good right in that very moment? Like, and it's likely something pretty small that you're seeking that may perhaps save you some money. Number one, like you don't need to give any more money to this $80 billion, you know, industry in our world, but maybe you just need to kind of reconnect for a bit with yourself. That's good. I love how you were like going to walk outside. Like you were listing things that it's like, or sit in your closet or dance in a fun dress. Like it's simple things that bring you back to your relationship with God, because it's not about what the world has to say. Cause the world's going to fail us. Like you were talking about mm-hmm. the enemy wants to kill, steal and destroy. It's about what God, you and your relationship with God, like that's literally what it's about. That's what it's about. Love God, love people. Like, okay. Wow. This has been so good. I'm so encouraged. Like literally, I feel like I could take a boxing class right now and just be like (laughs) pumped up in the most positive way. I'm like punching the bag. Like, yes, Lord, I'm like feeling good for Jesus. I mean, you are awesome. I love you. Um, Okay. One of the other things I always ask all of our guests um, is that what's your favorite Bible verse that's helping you through this season? Oh gosh, there's so many. Um, I will leave you with that. Well, I have two. I'll do two. Okay. I think right now there is this big push and pull between, and I don't know if other people feel it, but I feel it. So I'll just say it out loud between how much do I fight? you know, like how much do I storm the streets and fight for everything that I believe in and how much do I rest? And this verse always comes to me. It's Exodus 14, 14. And it said, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. And I don't think that that's an excuse for us as believers to be complacent, but I do think it's an encouragement for us that we can literally be still, that we have the God of the universe on our side. And if he is for us, no one can be against us. Yes. That was actually another one. Um, but my life verse, I have like, I don't know if anyone ever knows about that, but I feel like I have this life verse that I've known since I was a kid that I just always recite anytime I'm going through hard times. Yes. Um, and it's Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you hope and a good future. And that just always rings true anytime in my life as an individual where I just am feeling you know, persecuted. I feel like that's a strong word, but I feel like Christian persecution is real and is even within the United States. And I think sometimes we can feel it and keeping that in mind that the hope is in Christ and it is a good future. And that's what he wants for us. Like any condemnation, that's not from God. Oh, that's so good. The hope is in Christ. Like, I feel like we need to say it a million times. The hope is in Christ. The hope is in Christ. If you're listening to this, no matter where you are, like in this moment, the hope is in Christ. Like what you're looking forward to is Christ. Like we are citizens of heaven. We're citizens of heaven. Philippians chapter three, 
man, that is so, and like, as we wrap this up, I'm just going to read that verse 21 from chapter three, one more time. And then we'll pray, you know, like we usually pray, but like, I just want to bring it home. Oh, well, 20 and 21, bring it home with Jesus. Like we are focusing Mm -hmm. on Jesus in this time. Like Lord, bring us closer to you. And this is what God's word says, starting in verse 20, but our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a savior from there the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. And and that's where we're wrapping it up. Like, I love you. Follow Dr. Stephanie Reinold on Instagram, Facebook, all the things. How do we get in touch with you? Where do we connect? My website is kind of my big hub for everything. That's my name, stephaniereinoldmd.com. And it's Stephanie, like Stephanie, like mm-hmm. Stephanie. Um, and Reinold is R-E-I. Uh, I'm at Stephanie Reinold MD everywhere or at Stephanie Reinold. Um, yeah. And I'd love to connect with you guys more. You can find my podcast. It's not about the food or my yes. book is Let Your Heart Out available on Amazon. Yeah. Thank I love you so it. much. Thank you for your time. Like you are a trusted voice in my life. I just want you to know that I listen to your podcast and I'm like, yes, girl. Yes. Let's bring us back to God's word. Let's talk about whatever's true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy. Like yes, you are on it. So I love you. And thank you for your time. We always end the podcast every time praying in Jesus name that we decrease and God, you increase in our lives in Jesus name. I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Dr. Stephanie Reinold, for your time. If you want to connect with her, if you want to be one of her patients, you can. You absolutely can. She's so full of joy. You're going to love her. So, Dr. Stephanie Reinold, MD.com. It's S T E F A N I R E I N O L D M D. So, it's her first and last name, and then MD.com. She's great. She's wonderful. And she does have a book. So you can get everything in the show notes for a direct link. You all have a great week. And on this podcast, we're all about broadcasting God's love. And we want to tune into things that are using their platform as well to broadcast God's love. So things like podcasts and videos and the radio and all of that, we want to keep it good and pure And we want to keep that sound mind in Jesus. So I want to tell you guys about my brother-in-law. He's a pastor in Central Florida, in Sebring, Florida. He leads a church with his wife and my sister-in-law, Ansley Stewart. His name is Dustin Woods. Um, And he's going to tell us about a podcast that they do with Grace Bible Church. So I know if you're listening to one podcast, you're probably listening to a few others. So this is a great one if you're looking for a new podcast with Grace Bible Church in Sebring, Florida. Take it away, Dustin. Hey, this is Dustin, one of the pastors at Grace Bible Church in Sebring, Florida. Thanks for tuning in to listen to Broadcast His Love with Ricky Van Stewart. I hope you also consider joining us on our podcast as well. Our hope is to encourage you, inspire you, and compel you towards a closer walk with Jesus and one another. You can find us on every platform where podcasts are offered by simply searching for Grace Bible Church Sebring. Again, this is Pastor Dustin, and I hope to get to connect with you very soon. Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, it helps us when you leave a review and share this podcast with your friends. And we do have a community that's building on Instagram, at Broadcast is Love. We're looking for ways in the new year to kind of get together and 
just know that we're not alone as we're using our platform to broadcast his love. This should not be a lonely experience. This should be a delightful experience. And it's something that I pray that we're seeking him daily, like showering (laughs) motivation. We're doing it daily. That's what Brian Buffini says. So Thank you guys again for listening. Christmas is coming up, so we're going to be having some awesome podcasts on, just some really wise and uh, God-fearing souls. So I can't wait. Be sure to subscribe, and thank you all for listening. Have a great week.